This is the Oanda Podcast. This is the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, talking to Oanda Senior Market Analysts across the globe. And today we're talking to Jeff Halley, Oanda Senior Market Analyst for Asia Pacific. Good morning from London, Jeff. And good afternoon from Asia. Now, we've got oil prices falling, equities down as well, and I understand that's mainly because of worries about a, a new citywide lockdown in Shanghai and concerns about COVID in China generally. Yeah, look, it's been an ongoing um, issue. We saw Shenzhen, which is the very large city adjacent to Hong Kong on the mainland, locked down a, a couple of weeks ago. There had been rumours going around that Shanghai was going to occur. Now, that had been officially denied, but over the weekend they've announced what they describe as a rolling lockdown. So effectively half the city is locked down for the next four days, and then for the four days after that, which are basically April the 1st to the 5th, the other half of the city will be locked down to enable mass testing. This all tracks back to the China COVID-0 policies, and it highlights the challenges China's going to have in 2022, maintaining that while keeping the economy open whilst running that COVID-0 policy. Shanghai in particular is the commercial centre of China. It's the financial centre of China, 27 million person city. A lot of manufacturing goes on there as well. And we saw Tesla today announce a four-day stoppage of their production plant. And we've seen Taiwanese shares get marked down quite heavily today as well because a lot of those big uh, technology companies there have large manufacturing operations around that part of the world. That's pushed down China mainland equities today, of course, over growth concerns. Uh, and also, uh, I guess one bonus for that would be that it's pushed oil prices down by about 2.5% as well. Obviously, less growth in China equals less oil consumption, uh, and that is um, seen oil come off by about 25 3% today. China, of course, has a zero-tolerance policy towards COVID, but it doesn't really seem to be working at the moment when you consider that this is the largest lockdown since the coronavirus outbreak began more than two years ago. Yeah, and we, we don't really have any strong data on the vaccination rates of the most vulnerable parts of the population, which is uh, the elderly, of course, and China has many, many of them these days as their demographics invert like uh, other developed and developing countries at the upper end of that uh, development uh, ladder. Uh, we, we, we also know that a lot of the uh, vaccinations that have been done have been done with Sinovac and Sinopharm, which are produced domestically and don't appear to be uh, that effective against uh, the against Omicron in, in particular. Now we all know that Omicron appears to be uh, less uh, less um, uh, dangerous than than previous variants, but nevertheless, uh, people do still um, pass away and get very ill from it, sadly. And we have to remember that also that outside of the main cities in China, uh, medical facilities remain fairly rudimentary. Uh, you know, we, we look at all these pictures and films of these mega cities, but it's still very rural when you get out into the countryside, so to speak. Uh, and it would be very easy for their system, their health system, to, to be overwhelmed with Omicron uh, cases. And I think this is what is 
keeping this uh, COVID zero uh, policy in in place. But it will be a headwind for uh, Chinese equities uh, this week, particularly if it spreads. And most particularly, we should be watching to see if it spreads to some of the key port facilities around China. If they have to close because of that, we're in for a lot more supply chain disruption as if we didn't need any more. And that would probably be a negative for equities globally. Looking at the numbers, Brent crude down nearly 4%. And uh, as you said, uh, this is going to affect confidence going forward, isn't it, really? But I'm just wondering globally whether China's woes could affect the chances of more interest rate rises or higher interest rate rises than anticipated if there's problems with the uh, the Chinese economy, which we know is so incredibly influential? Well, I think it depends if it causes the supply chain disruptions that I just alluded to and thus sends prices higher again. I think we would have to see a massive escalation from here, though, in the COVID-19 situation in China with large parts of the country locked down in order for it to really change the interest rate outlook uh, around around the world. Having said that, it would almost certainly bring down, albeit temporarily, the price of, of uh, raw materials and commodities as well. Uh, but I think we'd need to see a very, very large escalation uh, from, from this point of time, particularly in those Anglo-Saxon countries, the Commonwealth countries, uh, including Britain, Canada, the United States, where inflation is definitely more prevalent. Let's move to the currencies. And interesting to see the dollar against the yen. Big rises there. Yeah, again, we're seeing the impact of uh, interest rate policies here. Now, just for the listeners uh, benefit that the Bank of Japan is one of the few central banks in the world now that is still on a very much a stimulus path. They really have been for the last 20 years, to be honest, but they are still quantitatively easing. They're still actively managing uh, interest rates, short-term rates at 0%. They're buying ETFs and stocks, pump money into the economy. But another part of their policy is to cap 10-year JGB, which are the government bond yields, at 0.25%. Now, those yields have risen to 0.25% today. So we're talking a quarter of a percent. And the Bank of Japan came out and put an unlimited-sized purchase bid in on the 10-year JGB market to cap those rate rises. Now, rates in the United States, although that curve has been flattening, it has also been rising in totality, and it did again on Friday. This is uh, the widening US-Japan interest rate differential has pushed uh, dollar-yen up around about 100 points today. Last time I looked, uh, it was um, just over uh, 123, and uh, yep, we're still there at 123.10 at the moment. It is looking for all money like it's going to retest its uh, for, uh, recent uh, year's highs at around 125. But it's an interesting microcosm for other parts of the world. Uh, if interest rates are rising in, in the United States and it appears that they're going to keep rising quite aggressively and, and other countries aren't uh, prepared to either um, raise their rates in, in, in conjunction or aren't raising them as fast as the U.S., those currencies by logic should start depreciating. And so that leads me to conclude that we are going to see quite a tough year, I think, for Asian currencies, if only because Asian governments are much more prepared to accept uh, the sort of stagflation, inflation uh, set up as long as growth uh, stays supported. Okay, Jeff, let's look ahead to this week. What stands out for you? What should we look out for? 
Well, time is really, really flying, and maybe it's this you know, Ukraine uh, conflict, uh, or, or maybe 2022 is moving uh, faster because it was my birthday and I was a year older in February. But uh, we're back to non-farm payrolls again. We're in the first week of April almost, uh, and uh, we have uh, U.S. non-farm payrolls on Friday. Another very strong number, above five, six hundred thousand jobs. Um, we'll have the noise getting even louder about a series of half a half a percent uh, rate hikes. Uh, we also have in Asia on Thursday we have uh, China's official purchasing manager indexes for manufacturing and non-manufacturing, and then on Friday we have the Kaizen, which is the private survey of uh, purchasing manager indexes for manufacturing and non-manufacturing as well. So. The major data, I believe, is uh, backloaded towards the end of the week. So I think we're probably in for noisy, choppy, ranging markets until Wednesday, and then things will start getting more interesting as that data hits the wires in the last two days of the week. Okay, Jeff, we look forward to speaking to you again soon. Have a great week. And to you. Have a great week, everybody. This is the Oanda Podcast.